0: Hello and welcome America. How are you today? It is Monday. I'll try to keep it entertaining for you. Congress or I'm sorry, Senator now, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina is going to join me at the bottom of this hour, uh, 35 after the hour. Okay. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. You can always follow me on social media, EW Erickson, pretty much everywhere. The trump schaefer Inflation Act has passed the United States Senate on reconciliation. I know the Democrats are calling their plan, the Inflation Reduction Act. Bernie Sanders, on the floor of the United States Senate, very openly, candidly, honestly acknowledged uh, that it really will have nothing to do with inflation. The effects on inflation will be de minimis. I'm actually kind of surprised, Uh, Sanders doesn't like the bill, but he likes the climate spending in it. Uh, Here's Bernie Sanders. I want to take a moment to say a few words about
1: the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that we are debating uh, this evening. And I say so-called, by the way, because according to the CBO and other economic organizations who have studied this bill. It will, in fact, have a minimal impact on inflation.
0: That's probably why so much of the media is calling it a climate change bill now. I'm calling it the trump Schaefer inflation and spending bill. Why? Well, because elections have consequences. And down in Georgia, in December and January of 2021... The former president of the United States and the still current chairman of the Georgia Republican Party pretty much discouraged people from going to go vote, if we're honest about it. The election, they said the November election was stolen, Uh, no guarantees on election integrity for the runoff, and we know, we we have the number. There were uh, just over 700,000 people who voted in the November election. And we know precisely 427,205 of them were reliably Republican voters. We know that because though I can't tell you who they voted for in November, I can tell you these are people who regularly vote in Republican primaries regularly are associated with the Republican party. So to, to think that the people who are regularly shown up in Republican primaries are considered hard and soft Republicans when they vote in primaries, they choose the Republican primaries to vote in and they voted in the November election and then did not go back and vote. In January, you had Marjorie Taylor Greene in northwest Georgia saying the election was going to be stolen. You you couldn't guarantee the January runoff. You had Donald Trump saying the same thing. You had the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, David Schaefer, telling Republicans all over that the election had been stolen, downplaying the ability to win in January. And 427,205 Republicans believed them. Had those 427,205 Republicans, even half of them showed up, both John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock would have lost the runoffs. Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue would have been reelected to the United States Senate. And only half of them shown up. The margins were so small. The Republicans would have won both seats. Elections have consequences. And when the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia lies to the people of Georgia and convinces them they don't need to go vote, why bother? It's going to be stolen. Well, guess what? They believe him. How that guy still has a job is beyond me. And you know what he did? He decided to go on and provoke a civil war within the Republican Party of Georgia tried to find people to run against uh, statewide Republican officers, including the governor of the state of Georgia and others. I've been told by several people, also the attorney general, uh, ran somebody against him, found somebody to run for, against that, wanted to suck up to the former president instead of uh, having the backs of Georgia's Republicans. And by the way, he's the first chairman of the Republican Party since the early 2000s, where the state has seen these sorts of losses. And yet he still has a job. Many of you are about to lose your jobs in recessions, and the Republicans in Georgia have kept propping this guy up while the Georgia Republicans continue to lose. And in their losses in January of 2021, what we got was the Democrats in charge so that they could raise taxes on the American people. What is notable about the way they're doing this and the way the media is talking about it now is is the media refuses to talk about it as an inflation reduction act. They're calling it a climate change bill. No, I'm not making this up. This is the headline in the Wall Street Journal. Senate passes Democrats' climate, health care, and tax bill. That's the headline. And this is the headline in the New York Times. Five decades in the making, why it took Congress so long to act on climate. Now, interestingly enough, this is the headline in Politico. Washington bureaucracy could rescue Democrats from their electric vehicle tax credit problem. This is the subtitle. Listen to this. This is the Democrats' plan. The Democrats have crafted an electric vehicle tax credit not a single car on the market would qualify for. But Washington has always known how to break its own rules. The problem here is that all of it to qualify the electric vehicles, their parts have to be made in America. It's a buy America program. The problem here is that you can't get the source materials for the batteries and the cars in the United States. So what the bureaucrats are going to have to do is to tweak the rules of what it means to, say, buy American. Consider China's dominance when it comes to lithium-ion batteries and other minerals and components the vehicles need. Uh, the deal stipulations that this credit won't apply to a vehicle that has any battery component made from an entity of concern, such as China. Not a single electric vehicle currently on the market would qualify. It's not surprising considering the United States accounts for only 8% of global lithium-ion batteries and China has 76%. In some cases, companies may not even be able to trace the source of minerals or subcomponents of their own parts. The reconciliation bill does not expressly outline any waivers but how the requirements are defined and applied by the Treasury Department and the IRS could provide some wiggle room. I sense a Supreme Court case on the Chevron standard coming. It's a climate bill. Now, I have a prediction. Charlie, you're gonna wanna flag this 14 after the hour today because I have a prediction. In about a month, we're gonna have headlines that the Democrats are back to having a messaging problem because they passed their uh, trump schaefer Inflation Reduction Act and everybody's talking about it as a climate bill. It's clearly, they did so much, this is what the media will say, they did so much wonderful stuff in this piece of legislation, they're having a hard time messaging the legislation because it just does so much wonderful good stuff and it does it for climate and for healthcare and and raises taxes on corporations and, and inflation. They're not gonna be able to sell it. And they will blame the messaging, they will say it just did so much, it was so good, it was so awesome, that they don't know how to message it. That's what they're going to get. I have another prediction as well. We're going to find out in, about inflation very shortly. And the guess right now on Wall Street is that inflation will not rise in the next round as high as it has been. It'll still be going up 3 or 4%, but not 8 or 9%. So the rate of growth will have slowed even though it's still increasing. And the Democrats will say this legislation is what caused it. That even though the legislation only passed a few days before the data came out, people knew it was going to pass. Inflation itself intuited that this legislation would pass. Therefore, inflation itself said, ah, got to slow down now. The Democrats are coming. They got me. Of course, if the number comes out, and it's very high, higher than what Wall Street expects, the Democrats will say, well, we only just passed the law. It hasn't had time to kick in yet. Just just give it a little longer. Give it a little longer. They're playing an unfalsifiable game. It just has to be stated that elections have consequences. Elections have consequences. The Democrats would not be in a position to pass this through on reconciliation, bypassing the filibuster, had Republicans down in Georgia, Republican leaders not lied to the voters and called doubt on the integrity of the election process in Georgia and encouraged, essentially, so many Republicans to not turn out and vote in those runoffs. The Democrats won the United States Senate races in Georgia because the Republicans chose not to go vote. That is also, by the way, why I believe Herschel Walker can still win in Georgia, because a lot of the Republicans who set it out are back in the game. And there are more Republicans in Georgia than there are Democrats if they choose to vote. Walker's problem will be with independents and some college-educated Republicans in the metro Atlanta area. As the economy continues to deteriorate, which it's going to do, Walker's got an edge. You cannot look at the jobs numbers that have come out and say we are really in a recession, even though it meets the two quarters negative growth. Yes. Agreed. That's the usual definition. The Democrats are spinning it. When you look at the job growth number, that suggests there's something weird happening and maybe things aren't as they seem. The problem here is you're starting to see companies, including Walmart, say we got to pump the brakes on hiring. Now, with a corporate tax increase, here's what happens. You know, I had actually always believed that you increase taxes on corporations. You know what we always say. Well, we're going to pay it. Corporations don't pay taxes. And I have always interpreted that as, well, they're just going to raise prices. Except a bunch of economists I've talked to said that's not exactly right. They do three things, corporations, when taxes go up on them. The first thing they do is they slow or stop pay raises. So at a time inflation is already outpacing your salary, corporations are not going to boost your pay to keep up with inflation. Two, they slow or stop hiring. So if you're looking for a job, you may now not be able to find a job because corporations, they're not gonna necessarily lay people off yet, but they're not gonna hire new people because they gotta balance the books. And then three, they raise prices on their goods and services. So you won't get a pay raise, you won't get a cost of living adjustment for inflation, you won't get a job, and you'll get more expensive products. That's what happens when taxes go up on corporations in that order. they The last thing they do is raise prices of their goods and services. The first two things they do is they stop increases in cost of living and pay raises, and they stop hiring. That's going to happen. It's going to affect the economy. Here's the thing. If inflation is going let, – let's say that the projection is inflation goes up 3%. Well, that's three percentage points of an increase this month, but it's already been going up 8 and 9% over the last number of months. Your wages can't keep up, and the Democrats' plan does nothing the Democrats plan is far more focused on climate and healthcare, in particular climate. I mean, even the major news outlets that are heralding this are claiming this is a climate piece of legislation. It is claiming uh in the press that this legislation is in designed to fight climate change. The Democrats publicly call it an Inflation Reduction Act. Even Bernie Sanders says this is not really going to do anything about inflation. In fact, a lot of outside economists say it's going to make it worse because of all the spending. And then they did one other thing. The coastal elite who run the Democratic Party have voted to give themselves electric vehicle tax credits. And they voted to add 87,000 IRS agents to go after the non-white Democratic Party coalition members who work in the gig economy. So the white coastal elite have structured this bill to give themselves tax credits, punish big businesses they don't like, and target black and Hispanic workers who work in the gig economy with IRS agents. There are only about a 1,000 billionaires in the country. You don't need 87,000 IRS agents to go after billionaires. You need 87,000 new IRS agents to go after all the other Americans, the ones who are working in the gig economy. And all the Democrats say you've got nothing to worry about. If you've done nothing wrong, if you are innocent, you have nothing to worry about from the government coming after you. George Floyd was unavailable for comment on that. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here. Don't forget, sign up for the daily email, get the show notes, all the links of all the stuff I'm talking about, text DATA to 33777, follow the link for the show notes, and you can get it. I want to take your phone calls here in just one second, but I got to make a point real quick. Is climate change an existential threat? Is climate change an existential threat? Democrats tell us it is an existential threat. And we must rapidly and immediately change our behaviors because we have less than 10 years before we reach a tipping point by which we will not be able to reverse out-of-control climate change. If that is the case, how do you put an electric vehicle tax credit into this legislation to incentivize people buying electric cars in this country? When the way the language of this law is structured, there are no electric vehicles that qualify. The law requires that the overwhelming majority of components of an electric vehicle be produced and manufactured in the United States. There is no electric vehicle on planet Earth that qualifies. None. Not even a Tesla. You have precluded us from buying electric vehicles from European manufacturers in order to get a China and that's fine. But you said it's an existential threat. You said climate change is an existential threat and we must take action. The actions you are taking are actions that no one can actually take under the plain language of your legislation because of the way you structured it. So if it's an existential threat and we must act now, why aren't you acting like it? Unless maybe climate change actually isn't an existential threat. And you're making it up. Their behaviors give away the lie. Uh let me jump to the folder real quick. Jim, I'm gonna go to you next. Welcome. Hi, okay, I'm
1: on. Uh well, I yep. got a I got a comment about climate change, so I wanted to ask my question first. If the Republicans take the presidency, the Senate, and the House in twenty twenty four, can they undo entirely this bill that was just passed by
0: the Democrats? Uh, They can undo a lot of it through reconciliation, not all of it, but a lot of it. They can, for example, save money by getting rid of the IRS agents. Uh, They can roll back uh, some of the tax credits they're giving to people. They can roll back a lot of stuff from the Democrats. Uh, The Democrats will try to make it painful. The GOP actually won't care on a lot of it. One thing the GOP can do to roll it back is they can, you know, there's the SALT deduction, state and local taxes, and they allow people to deduct uh, only a portion of their state and local taxes, what the GOP can do is get rid of the entire SALT deduction to help balance this thing out. Uh, that will go a long way towards uh, helping repeal it when they get back into office. That answer it? So they can get, they can get rid of the tax cuts or the tax uh, increases. On it. Yeah, so they'll be able to get rid of the tax increases. So it, to, to do reconciliation, to avoid the filibuster, you have to be deficit neutral which means if you have a dollar of increase, you gotta have a dollar of decrease. And there are ways to game the system. So if Republicans wanna get rid of the tax increases, what they will have to do is find other ways to generate revenue. And one of the ways to generate revenue will be to end the full SALT deduction uh, in uh, states like New York, California, and um, those people, mostly Democrats, will be hurt as the Republicans roll this back. Uh, And they can also get rid of all the money being appropriated to the IRS. That'll save them several billion dollars. The idea that the IRS is going to, have over eighty-five thousand agents and they're only going to target billionaires it's absolute nonsense and uh we can roll that stuff back when we come back i'm going to be joined by senator tim scott we're going to talk about this legislation he's also got a new book out i want to talk to him about uh and get his views on the future and the direction of this country and well uh, all these people writing these books is he going to run for office maybe i'll ask that question too is he going to run for president Welcome back. It is Eric Erikson here nationwide. The phone number 877-973-7425. Although hold the phones. I have a guest, one of my favorite people in America to chat with. I rarely get the opportunity, but I got him right now because he's got a new book out. It is the senator from the fantastic state of South Carolina, Senator Tim Scott. Welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Eric, I just wish you had me more often than just every once every five years. I, I want to come <laughs> back, Eric. Whatever I did wrong, I'll do. I, well, I'll, listen, I, do I, I'm, I'm happy to
0: have you. Um, you know, the number of people who request to get on the show that we say no to and, and – uh, then I, I get you on and you know if I get if I get Tom cotton on we got to talk birthday cake so'm <laughs> I'm, I'm really delighted to have you on with me and I'm gonna ask the crass question out of the gate because um, this is the question that I have to be obligated to ask. you've got out a new book America a Redemption story So um, when are you going to Iowa, New Hampshire?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the way you think, Eric, but I will say that as you know f- football players, we think about the game coming up on this Friday night, and this Friday night's game is re Electing Tim Scott to the U.S. Senate. Thank God for South
0: Carolina. <laughs> That's a great answer. Good job. <laughs> so I got I, I, I want to talk to you about obviously the what happened this weekend in the Senate of the Light, but let's yeah. talk about this first. Uh, um, America a Redemption story. Just the title right there. Uh, explain your thinking on that.
1: So. In my lifetime, really in my grandfather's lifetime, we went from picking cotton when my grandfather was a kid to picking a seat in Congress. There's no other country on Earth, Eric, that allows a family in one lifetime to go from the wrong side of the tracks to the absolute opposite side of those tracks, and the entire country has all experienced the Redemption story. We all, in America get a second chance. And the fact that we get a second chance means that hope is never lost. That you can fail forward. That your obstacles become your opportunities. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, "America: A Redemption Story."
0: Your story—it's—it's it's honestly in in politics. There, there are a number of them. Uh, Bobby Jindal's story. Uh, Nikki Haley's um, Ted Cruz this remarkable particularly with the media narrative that particularly the Democrats are a coalition of of non-white voters and now some college-educated white people and here you are a black man in South Carolina who went to Congress representing the district where the shots were fired at Fort Sumter and now you represent the state wherein the Civil War was started and you're in the party of Lincoln doing it which just defies the norms that so many people are led to believe about American politics. I, I, that in and of itself, I've always been just amazed by.
1: Well, Eric, there's no doubt that the evolution of the Southern heart is something that the liberal elite hopes the nation never hears about. Not only did I win a seat for Congress where the civil war started, I actually ran against the son of Senator Strom Thurmond. That tells me that not only in South Carolina, but all across the South, we believe in judging people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And we should be shouting that from the mountaintops. And yet in the current culture, the left wants you to believe that if you don't look like each other, you must be enemies. When in fact, all over the country, we're living in the neighborhoods we want to live in, Americans as a whole. We're going to the schools that we can go to. We have to understand and appreciate the necessity of the redemption story, and that's ours, and it's called America.
0: You have a chapter in your book on January 6th, and and I don't want to go at this as the, the normal angles because, frankly, I, I think they're exhausted. Uh, I'm exhausted by the media conversation. I saw an NBC news person today going after Peter Meyer for the audacity of shaking hands with the man who beat him in the primary. The media seems to want to drive this narrative. I, I want to talk to you about the other side of this, that there are clearly in this country now a lot of people on the left and the right who – they don't know each other. They don't have anything in common with each other. And there seems to be this sense where Americans view each other as an existential threat. And I I just, I think there was a lot of angst on January 6th of a lot of good-hearted American citizens who went to Washington to defend a president whose election they really thought was stolen. and They blamed the other side. And the other side is storming streets and burning down small businesses across America. Uh, How do you bridge the gap and the divide? and, And how do you see that play out after January 6th?
1: Eric, one of the things that happened during on January the 6th, after all of the confrontations, after all the fear of loss of our lives in the Senate chambers, we find ourselves in a hideaway where we were literally, the, temp, the temperature was so high, but thinking so low, that we were caught, frozen. But yet, Chaplain Black went and prayed for those senators who needed to do our jobs. And the next thing you see are people coming together. I believe that sometimes your greatest challenge is produces the iron or the metal necessary to accomplish your greatest opportunities. Uh, that's the truth of America. Frankly, it's been my truth as well. I will say that when I say my truth or your truth, I'm not talking about experiences. I'm talking about there's an actual truth, bedrock truth in this country that we were all created equal that there's this theory by our founding fathers that America can be the city on the hill, the beacon of light, and it's going to cause us to go through challenges that produce champions, that problems will produce promises. I've been seeing that happen by Republicans and Democrats coming together, but my entire life I've seen good people of good intent, Republicans and Democrats, black and whites, working together to form my philosophy so that we can have a better
0: experience that's a good answer i uh, i i don't even have i i there's no segue for me there cuz i i i just wow i appreciate that very much and and drawing from your experience now let me use that then as the pivot point here because we saw this fight in washington this weekend Uh, And the Democrats, uh, there are a lot of Republican amendments, a lot of people uh, lining up to show some of the Democrats up for reelection that uh, they wouldn't go along with some of the more reasonable things, including uh, making sure the IRS isn't targeting the gig economy workers and the like. But this Democratic plan that supposedly fights inflation, I thought it was notable, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Politico and the Wall Street Journal all called it a climate bill today, not an inflation fighter.
1: Well, there's no doubt about one thing. Bernie Sanders, and he and I don't agree on almost anything, Bernie Sanders said this bill is not going to fight inflation. They should have just renamed it the Inflation Seduction Act because they're literally trying to figure out how to get Americans to believe what they are saying and not what we are seeing. Literally, you can go up to a pump and ask yourself, hmm, is inflation high? And The answer is obviously yes. This bill does three things that we should all be very worried about, Eric. Number one, it funds the IRS, increases the funding by 600%, meaning that the target on the back is now on the back of small business owners, middle-income Americans, and low-income Americans for audits. $45 billion in that bill goes for targeting tax Capturing, They literally want to go and find the dollars. Number two, I would say that the fact is simple, that r- this bill is going to ravish the American people economically. You cannot raise taxes and expect more jobs to be created. That's going to be a hardship on so many people in this country. And frankly, inflation continues at a record-breaking clip, which means more Americans will have to ration priorities and necessities.
0: Now, I just, I, I, a friend of mine actually reached out to me this morning and he said, it just it seems like this is the piece of legislation a group of people who live along the coast and are very wealthy would write uh, to take care of themselves and ignore, particularly people who work in the gig economy and probably funding it with them. So the Politico has a story out. It dropped just a while ago. The electric vehicle tax credit literally cannot be used by anyone because there are no electric vehicles that qualify for it. And yet, this is one of the things they've done it. It it, it just it, do they do they quite understand how the rest of us live our lives?
1: No. The, the short answer is they don't have a clue how real Americans live their lives. There's no doubt. Think about the the uh, last eighteen months of our lives. We've seen over four trillion dollars of government spending, and the net effect is less spending power for the average American. Every economist that I have respect for left and right guys all say that government spending leads to more inflation and more inflation. So what do they do? They pass an inflation bill. So I don't understand what they don't understand about everyday Americans who are working their tails off, trying to put food on the table, gas in the car and heat or cool their houses. This bill and this administration is just going in the wrong direction.
0: Now, Senator, before we get off of here, I've started asking this question to to every person in elected office who comes on the show. Um, Every one of you has an issue that you wish... Washington, or if you're in a state, the, the state government would focus on that you, you think is something we need to be forward thinking on. Uh, it, it, what issue do you think right now, regardless of partisanship, uh, that Washington itself uh, probably should be thinking about and acting on that, that maybe isn't?
1: Eric, thank you for such an important question. And it's a question I answer in my book, America, a Redemption Story. It's a story of education. A good education is the closest thing to magic in America. If we could find a way to bring quality education in every zip code in this country, we would have a very different outcome for the most fragile Americans in this nation. It's something that can be fixed. We have to let go of big labor unions and embrace parents. Parents are the key. Labor unions and education are the problems.
0: Amen to that. Uh, the book, America Redemption Story, for listeners, if y'all want to order uh, Senator Scott's book, text the word DATA to 33777. I'll send you back a link to Amazon. You can order it. Uh, Senator Scott, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. You're always welcome to come back. I, uh, You know, I'm going to redo my conference next year. I've had so many people ask me. I'm reaching out to your staff soon to harass them about getting you to Atlanta again to sit up there and, and talk about these sorts of things with me and always appreciate you stopping by and just appreciate you generally. Been praying for you and just just think the world of you.
1: You know, one of the things our country benefits from are those who tell the truth, and you're one of the truth tellers. James 5, 17, I believe it is, says that the, the prayers of the righteous avail us much. So thank you for your prayers, and thank you for taking the right stand on behalf of our country.
0: Thank you so much. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, his book, America Redemption Story, it is out now. You've texted the word DATA, to 33777 the first link will be to my daily email the second link will be to his book at amazon it's just a it's a remarkable story just that this is a a black man in south carolina who went to congress representing the district in which fort sumter exists where the civil war started and he's a republican and it just defies the stereotypes defies the norms Uh, and really he's such a a good, good Christian soul. I just, I think the world of the man, uh, text the word data to three, three, seven, 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 you know, I was sitting on my front porch on Sunday night. I was talking to, uh, Philip about the Eden Pure thunderstorm because my back porch has some sort of smell and I don't know what it is, but you know, the Eden Pure thunderstorm takes care of those smells and it works. It really does. Um, I actually, I, I can give you the number of times I keep one in my suitcase for these sorts of things. If I've got tobacco odors in a car, like a rental car, so smoke odors. If I've got a musty hotel room in an old building, uh, or there have been pet odors, or I'm in the kitchen and frying. The Eden Fear Thunderstorm, you just you plug it into the wall, or you can use a USB cord if you're in a car or an RV, and it just wipes out those odors. You know how sometimes you're out camping, and you get the mildewy smell on tents and stuff. You put them in your RV or something, those smells lingers, the Eden fear Thunderstorm eliminates those. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com and put it in my discount code, ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Uh, EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code is ERIC3. You get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You can fit one in your suitcase you can hold it in your hand it packs a wallop uh you're saving $200 less than $200 for all three of them you get free shipping edenpuredeals.com the discount code is eric E R I C K. the number three no space eric three hello there it is eric erickson here and we gotta we gotta talk about some economic news that is being overshadowed a little bit um i should tell you right now the market's are up barely, the Dow up 55, NASDAQ 16, S&P 500 up one. I assume you have heard of the inverted yield curve. It's a harbinger of recession to come. Now, it has happened before where it's fluctuated very briefly. Let me explain what it is. Uh, an inverted yield curve is when the yield on a two-year Treasury note is higher than on a 10-year Treasury note. What does that mean? Well, typically you make more money longer term by buying a long-term note for the federal um, Treasury bonds. But when you're starting to actually get a higher rate of earning on the two-year note, it tends to be a sign that investors in the free marketplace in arm's length transactions are skeptical of the future. They move rapidly into shorter-term investments instead of long-term investments because they don't know what's going to come. They wanna be able to get their money back quicker than in the 10-year note. When that happens, it is a harbinger of recessions. We have been uh, fluctuating with an inverted yield curve since January, it's blipped every once in a while. But the current inverted yield curve has been in place since early July. When that happens, when you have essentially a month long inverted yield curve, it is everyone knows a recession. If it's not here, it's coming. When you have an inverted yield curve at the time the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, you're guaranteed within a year to get a recession. Now, the past, is the best indicator of the future though the past cannot predict the future but in the past every time you've seen an inverted yield curve and you've seen interest rates going up you've gotten a recession in about a year that is a warning sign for the economy doesn't mean the recession is going to happen immediately. And in fact, there are a lot of economists who argue, despite two quarters of negative growth, we're not technically in a recession, because while we had two quarters of negative growth, that negative growth came from particular sectors weighing down the overall economy, as opposed to a broad decline in the economy. So the major decline in the economy was the tech sector, not the overall economy, and that brought the quarterly growth numbers down. So one reason the White House argues we're not in a recession because you didn't see it across the board in hospitality and in services and in manufacturing and in industry, in the service sector, in the white collar sector. You didn't see anything. It was really just the tech sector. But when you have an inverted yield curve and it's lasted for a month and you've got interest rates going up and you're still dealing with inflation that may not go up as much but is still going up, we're headed towards very tough economic times. They will be hitting us about the time Joe Biden decides he wants to run for reelection, And that in and of itself is a massive problem for the Democrats because they do not have a bench without Joe Biden. Kamala Harris is not a great candidate. Pete Buttigieg covets the job relentlessly. All he has done is failed as, Treasury Sec- or as transportation secretary. Uh, The supply chain crisis, he's single-handedly helping wipe out the American airline industry. Uh, And yet, uh, failure is just uh, one little blip on the road to building a resume for Pete Buttigieg. The Democrats have problems, particularly as the GOP more and more unites around a single candidate down in Florida. Um, We got a recession coming. That's bad news for the Democrats in 2024